Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. If you are a parent, you know the stresses of figuring out where your kids are going to go to school. In Chicago, you end up taking into account all these different factors, location, test scores, charter school versus public school, extracurriculars, etc., etc., etc. But apparently, making this decision used to be way more straightforward. Here's WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp. Prior to 2000, the vast majority of kids still went to elementary school right down their block and to the high school that they were assigned to based on where they lived. Yeah. But over the last 25 years, Chicago Public Schools has really become a school district of choice. So if I'm a parent in Chicago, what would I be thinking about as far as options within this school choice model that we have in the city? There are four basic types of school choice. One would be to send them to their neighborhood school, the local school that you have admissions to because you live close by. Mm -hmm. Number two would be a test in school. These are schools where you take a test and then from that test, they allow you admission into a selective enrollment school or selective enrollment program, which are in schools. Or you could have them try to go to a magnet school, which is basically a lottery school. A lot of them have different focuses like fine arts or STEAM or something like that. And then the fourth bucket are charter schools. And those are privately run, publicly financed schools. At this point, how many high school students would you say in Chicago go to their neighborhood school versus these other school options? Less than 25% go to their neighborhood high school. Wow. Right. Most kids go to one of these other options. A lot of kids go to a neighborhood school, but just not their neighborhood school. So a lot of neighborhood high schools have particular programs that kids from other areas can apply and go to. So lots to think about. But there might also be some changes on the horizon when it comes to school choice. In a major departure from past policy, the Chicago Public School Board announces it intends to move away from school choice. Right now, the Chicago School Board is appointed by the mayor. And they passed a resolution in December that would favor going back to the neighborhood school model Sarah talked about earlier, focusing less on school choice. But to make things even more complicated, Chicago is moving to an elected school board soon. So this November, voters are going to elect at least 10 members to the board. That means, in a way, the future of school choice is on the ballot this year. So why do some people want to get rid of school choice? And why do some people want to keep it? And what will this upcoming election mean for the school district's future plans? Sarah and I are going to talk about it. School choice is a very um, ideologically contentious issue mm-hmm. where you have people who are proponents of school choice saying that this is a way to give families options so that their children are not stuck in the neighborhood school that might be underperforming. 
people need the freedom, that that rich people have the freedom to choose. Does their child go to the neighborhood school or do they go to a private school? And mm. that this is a way to give people without means the opportunity to, to get their child out of bad neighborhood schools. Mm-hmm. So Ebony Durham runs Great Lakes Charter Academy in South Chicago. She is a very big proponent of school choice. She's always worked for charter schools. And this is what she had to say about why she thinks they're so important. I want kids to have access and opportunities that are not driven by their zip code. It's not based on luck or getting into that right program. It just exists for them. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I guess I'm wondering how this has looked um, over the last say, decade or two in Chicago, do these schools seem to be achieving that goal? You know, some would say charter schools have hurt neighborhood schools because they've taken those kids and, you know, given them another option and sort of gutted some neighborhood schools. But on the other hand, there once was a time, and I witnessed it, where I did see, you know, some kids that were really trying in neighborhood high schools especially, but that the high schools just didn't have many options for high-performing kids. Mm. And I, I do think that there are mm-hmm. definitely some charter high schools that have given that group of students some opportunities that they otherwise didn't have. Yeah. There are also critics of the school choice system in Chicago. Who are those main critics and what are they saying? So when you talk about school choice in general, there is a feeling that between test and schools and magnet schools and charter schools, that they have served to really deplete neighborhood high schools and neighborhood elementary schools to the extent that you have all the higher performing, all the children who are from families that have facility to get them out of the neighborhood schools going to these other options. Mm. And then you have the neighborhood schools kind of left with the kids that have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard kids in neighborhood schools say, I didn't want to go here. You know, I'm at a school last resort. I've heard that before. Mm. And it's pretty sad to hear that's how a child thinks of where they're going to to high school. Another layer of this is that There's been a lot of criticism of charter schools in particular because charter schools are run by private operators. And especially the Chicago Teachers Union is very much against privatization of public services. And this is a big privatization of public education. And also the Chicago School Board is against school choice for the majority. Is that right? Right. Well, they come from the same place as the Chicago Teachers Union as You know, the mayor of the city of Chicago, Mayor Brandon Johnson, is a product of the Chicago Teachers Union. He's the one that appointed these school board members. So they're generally going to align with what he and the CTU believe in. So, yeah. Let's talk about the folks who actually end up attending these non-neighborhood schools in Chicago. What are the demographics? Charter schools are primarily low-income students, primarily Black and Latino students. There's only maybe two or three charter schools that actually have a diverse population or any population of white students. However, when you look at selective enrollment schools, especially, you see a a lot more um, 
white and Asian students and and then um, lesser numbers of black and Latino students. Why do you think the demographics look this way? For one thing, selective enrollment schools uh, were founded to be diverse, so they have admissions policies Uh, that promote that. That's mm -hmm. one thing. But also they're highly sought after. I mean, you have to imagine these selective enrollment, especially high schools, are among not only the best in the city, the best in the state, but also the best in the nation. When you look Mm -hmm. at some of these ratings every year and you you find some of these schools like Walter Payton in like the top five of the nation. So people are trying to get their kids into them. I mean... The sad thing has been there's actually been a trend to fewer and fewer black students getting into these schools and um, more white and Asian students getting into these things. And, you know, that's that's sad because you'd like to see that opportunity be spread out among everybody. Yeah. You spoke with a couple of black parents, one of them at a neighborhood school and one at a test in school. Let's start with the one at the test in school. Tell me about Tracy Blackburn. She's very much like many moms in the city of Chicago, where she had a daughter who was four years old and she wanted her daughter to go to a test in elementary school. And she explained to me a little bit about why that was a focus. I wanted her to go to a selective enrollment school so that she would be, from what I heard from other people, to be more challenged and to be more um, strategic in her learning patterns. So, you know, she was basically saying she wanted her daughter to be in a rigorous environment, and she thought that maybe the neighborhood schools or the charter schools near her, um, she lives on the near south side, would not cater to to her child's, you know, academic ability. One reason why I really wanted to do a story looking at sort of how black families look at school choice is Mm -hmm. that especially when it comes to selective enrollment and magnet schools— you often hear a lot from white parents um, who are very upset that there should be anything threatening these schools. Mm-hmm. But a lot of research has shown that that black families are much more likely to live in low income neighborhoods, even if they are higher income, middle class and upper middle class. Got you. And for a lot of these families, they see the neighborhood schools have been disinvested in for decades Mm -hmm. and they're not high performing and to them the only option is to get their child to not attend those neighborhood schools they will look at testing schools they'll look at magnet schools they'll look at private schools they don't really send their kids to charter schools actually Hmm. charter schools do not have many non-low-income kids in them so to these families they feel like their only real viable options are these testing schools or magnet programs or private schools. Hmm. I'm pausing here because so often we associate race and class together. That's true. And so I think here it's important to make the separation, right? And so in the neighborhood schools, would you say that it is majority low-income students. This is true, especially on the West and South Sides in Black communities. If you look at the neighborhood schools, you will see, you know, 90% plus, even in areas that have, you know, healthy middle-class neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. It's just their kids are not going to the neighborhood schools, period. As I mentioned, you also talked to 
a parent whose child is going to a neighborhood school, another black parent. Tell me about her. Her name is Tajay Presswood. And the thing that was sort of interesting about my conversation with her is that she was not happy with her neighborhood school. Hmm. She was a young parent. She was looking for where her daughter was to go to kindergarten. And she kind of assumed you go to the place down the block. Mm -hmm. And she knew that there were other options. But she was concerned that they weren't for her or for her child. Mm. So she did what you do. You walk down the block and you hand them the enrollment papers and you send your child to that school. She does not feel like she or her daughter have been respected there, that there's been a rigorous education. She definitely feels like if she went to a school where it was not all low-income families, that the experience would be better and different. To a certain degree, it felt like I had a choice, but it also was feeling discouraged based off of how people around you treated you, based off of where you came from or what you looked like. So it just made you have the mentality that I'll settle because I don't want to have to be subjected to, you know, because of how I look, people telling me that I shouldn't be there. So I, I think that she's a really good example of somebody who says, I see all these options out there, but I'm just not sure that they're for my child. And it it actually made me very sad talking to her because she, like all parents, cares deeply about her daughter's education. Her daughter's a straight-A student. Like everybody, they want their daughter to do great in life, yeah, right? And she's involved in the school. She's very involved in the school. Yeah. And other parents are very involved in the school. But when they brought up concerns, they were just not listened to. Yeah. This is, of course, you know, everybody has their own experience. There are some neighborhood schools that do a great job supporting parents and supporting students. But all too often you hear stories of neighborhood schools where they don't have the pressure, perhaps, to respond in the way that a private school or a school that has parents who have money and social capital mm-hmm. or things like that, that they, they just don't respond in the same way. But it sounds like by one token, the accessible school, right, the one that's there in her neighborhood, things aren't going the way both academically and interpersonally, the way that, she, you know, she would hoped. But then a place where she felt like that might go better did not feel accessible to her, right? Did not feel like welcoming um, to her, you know? I mean, it, it kind of, you know, what makes me sad hearing that, you know, is what does feel welcoming to her um, and, and what could feel like it's for her and her daughter. Right. I mean, she talked to me how she actually went and visited a private school, one of okay. the best private schools in the city. She took a tour and she said, I was just amazed, mm. you know, to see what these other kids are getting. Yeah. I just don't think that she feels like that school would be a welcoming place, even if she could figure out how to get her child in or figure out how to pay for it. And I I think a lot of yeah. people, they, they have these feelings, you know, and I, and I, and I actually have to say, like, I don't know that parents are all that welcoming in some of these schools mm, or that, you know, that parents. people, yeah, yeah, parents or even staff. Like, I don't know. I, I want to believe that she's wrong, that she would be welcomed, but I'm not a thousand percent sure that's 
the case. Yeah. Last week, there were some new developments. The Chicago Board of Education decided on contracts for charter schools. What happened at that meeting? So about half the charter schools were up for contracts. They could have gotten contracts of up to 10 years. This school board, which, as I said, is very skeptical of school choice, gave them only contracts of four years or less. And that was a signal the school board wants to hold these charter schools more accountable. Perhaps eventually, if the school is not performing at a very high level, the school board might look at closing them. But there's a lot of caveats to that, too. Okay. Are there any other implications that you would be able to speak about that this may have for the the new board that's going to be coming up and getting elected later this year? The big, really interesting thing is going to be the election. You have 10 members, at least, that are going to be elected next year. Mm-hmm. And the charter school movement is very activated and motivated and has some money and will try to get a lot of those seats to be people who are pro-choice. And then those people will be seated with people appointed by Mayor Brandon Johnson, who is not a grand supporter of school choice. So you're looking for a very dynamic discussion over what the role of school choice is in Chicago public schools. Sarah Karp is the education reporter at WBEZ. Sarah, thank you. Thank you. You can find more of Sarah Karp's reporting on school choice and the Chicago School Board at WBEZ.org. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you later.